about think it, about think it, about thinking it. about it. Hey, I see us. Think about, think about, think about moving. Yay! Hey, here we are. We're back. Ah, <laughs> uh, solar flares can't keep us down. Welcome That's to right. Talking Heads, everyone. <laughs> That's probably what happened to my camera. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's probably not. Before we do the intro, there's actually solar flares going on that are hitting Earth right now, today. Yeah. And, yeah. uh... I can usually call it because I'll start seeing weird tech issues, like really mm. weird, unexplained tech issues. Like uh, we were editing a Premiere video today and Premiere just randomly decided to, uh, or no, Microsoft, uh, my Windows side, Windows 11, said, we need to reboot your computer to fix some disk yep. issues, mm -hmm. fix some disk errors. I'm like, it's a okay. Practically a brand new Gen 4 NVMe drive. Like it, yeah, shouldn't shouldn't need any of that. What disk issues? Yeah, and exactly. of course Microsoft, being Microsoft, provided no explanation whatsoever. Uh, uh, I got randomly logged out of every single service on my main desktop here right now. Uh, I like, uh, yeah, just when solar flares come, little zeros and ones tend to flip in PCs. They just do. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a, you know, wear a mask, get a vaccine, but solar flares are real. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, just just uh, just before the stream started, the camera that I'd been using for like the last, I don't know, six, six, seven months yeah. worked absolutely fine. Just decided to stop working. Yeah. Just for no reason. Just, 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 it was working when I first logged on and I was talking to Jeff and all of a sudden, boop, it goes yeah. away. Then yeah. None to come back. Great, yeah, let me uh, let me see. I I think I have the footage from that uh, queued up here. Yeah, there we go. Uh, this is what Steve's camera was doing as he walked away to go get his beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is gonna be a great show. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be awesome. Well, uh, welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 246. Your once weekly live show right. for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. And I'm Steve. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, sometimes some Star Trek. Mm -hmm. All Super Chats are read on the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We do drink <laughs> alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat or the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. Now, speaking of oddities from Solar Flares, I'm trying to mm -hmm. use OBS in the same way that I've used OBS for the last, oh, I don't know, almost two and a half years now since we started doing yeah. remote live streams. Preview window properly, and now it's actually not changing scenes at all for me. There we go. Uh, this is supposed to be my windowed preview of what we're outputting, and it's what I usually use to look at the guest. Uh, so I can like interact directly and right. then look over here if I'm reading an article. Uh, the window is blank. Although we are live, I can see us on YouTube. The window's not working. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just weird things happening today. I don't know what it is. Uh, weird things have been happening all 
week uh, to me. Uh, so if you guys follow me on Twitter, uh, Saturday I woke up to essentially a sinkhole in my front yard. Uh, <laughs> my main water line burst going into my house. Um, we still had like 60 to 80% of our pressure, uh, but I had a three foot by three foot chunk of grass that was literally like a like liquid underneath. No, oh, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so called the plumber out, uh, dug down, got down about two and a half, three feet or so, uh, found the found the crack in the pipe. Um, and uh, he, he found, he exposed the pipe and then he went ahead and turned the water back on and it shot about 20 feet in the air and all the way across the street. Uh, oh, <laughs> so, um, he goes, yep, there it is. Uh, so what had happened was out of our main water valve, uh, our main disconnect from the city, um, it goes into PVC and then goes into a, into a 90 degree that goes down and then a 90 degree that goes out towards the house. And on that out towards the house line, there was another, uh, there was a coupler fitting. Uh, that coupler had basically split right down the seam line. So when Ooh. they when they form it, they essentially friction weld the, the, the seam yeah. together. Right. Uh, well, it had split directly down that line. And, mm. and the coupler had just failed. Uh, and I mean, it's a... 40-year-old house, 40-plus-year-old uh, yeah. house. I mean, it happens, but happened the day before I'm supposed to go on vacation. Mm, always. Um, always happens. Luckily, uh, it was only 200 bucks for the emergency Saturday service for the plumber mm -hmm. and no extra charges beyond that, no extra labor. It's just $200 for a trouble call. And I went, done. And yeah, so, yeah, that's it. So he he dug down. I didn't have to worry about it. Got it all fixed. I mean, it was it was fixed by two in the afternoon. It was like fantastic. Uh, uh, but anyway, the next day we were going camping, and not, we've always been tent campers. And uh, we're like, it's August. Like like Oregon is known for for rain, right? Except what people yeah. don't know is Oregon is also known for drought or what we call summer. It yeah. doesn't <laughs> rain in the summer. Ever, mm -hmm. uh, Oregon averages one day of rain in August, and and even then it's like trace amounts. Um, uh, so we will literally go from June to sometimes early October and never see a drop of rain in the state of Oregon. It, it, it is not that rare of, a, of an occurrence. We went camping. We got rained out. Uh, it, <laughs> we 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 left Sunday Sunday afternoon. Got over there. Got unpacked. It's it's a little bit. A little bit misty, but we're on the coast and, yep. and whatnot. Oh, okay. Um, right around ten o'clock that night, it starts just kind of just kind of raining. Not not this catastrophic downpour or anything, mm -hmm. but overnight it rains over half an inch, oh. and uh, and we're in a tent. And on our side of the tent, it stayed kind of dry, but over on the kids' side of the tent, like half of my daughter's mattress was wet, and, uh, and it was just yeah. muddy, just a. Uh, so we're jumping between, it was me and, uh, my, uh, sister and brother-in-law and, uh, and then, uh, another, another family that we're friends with. We're all out there together. We have four 10 by 10 easy ups and it's just like, mm. we're walking in between the easy ups trying to like yeah. make breakfast. And it's like, this yeah. is miserable. <laughs> which, which, which part of the coast did you go to? We went to Newport. Oh man, see that's where I was. It was it uh, South Beach? You guys stayed at uh, Beverly. 
Oh, Beverly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Beverly Beach. Yeah, Beverly yeah, Beach yeah, is yeah, usually awesome. Yeah. Okay. It, it, great location right between Depot yeah. Bay and Newport. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful beach. Very easy access. It, it's one of the, the deepest beaches in Oregon because we're not mm-hmm. like California beaches where it's like a quarter mile of sand. You might get lucky to have like 70 feet. Uh, yeah. but, but this is one of the deepest regions of like, you can go and walk on the beach and, and, and that kind of thing. So it's a great area to go and camp and it's always beautiful this time of year, except this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so we got rained out, came back home, uh, like three days or we were supposed to be there until Thursday. And, uh, and so we came home Monday afternoon and, uh, I was, at this point, it's like we have three kids and mm-hmm. we can't do that again. Like we we only go camping once or twice a year uh, and all the kids were disappointed. So I went out and bought a tent trailer. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and, uh, but the only time the guy could meet was Monday afternoon and he was in Portland. And so I had to go from Newport. We left Newport about noon. We got home about two. Uh, we unpacked. Uh, I left my house again at three, uh, drove all the way up to Portland and then towed the trailer home. Oh, and by the way, there were also wrecks on like every, every surface street and every highway on the way home on Monday. And, uh, so I'm towing this tent trailer behind me through downtown, you know, mid hour, you know, mid afternoon rush hour. Uh What a nightmare. Uh, but my truck did 476 miles in 24 hours and didn't complain a bit. So it's hey, like, there you go. At least there that we went go. right. Yeah. That went right. Yeah, that went right. So, yeah, it's it's been a a weird. What's what was supposed to be like my vacation week has been just like one after the other after the other. <laughs> yeah, I, I woke up this morning. And it's like I just want to film a video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do anything. Let's just do anymore. something normal. Let's do something normal. <laughs> Tech Geek chimes in for $25. Ghosts. Yeah, ghosts is right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, if it wasn't apparent, I could very much use a drink. <laughs> okay. This is this is this is where this is where it shouldn't go wrong unless you get like a bad beer or something like that. Well, I've had both of these before. And okay, so, so we're pretty safe. We're yeah, pretty safe. We're going with pretty safe bets right now. I got a Block 15 okay. and an X Novo. Oh, okay. Um, oh, shoot! Dang it! I left my. <laughs> did you leave the, your beer? The, I left it out there, and they rushed to go get my camera working. <laughs> I, I, I have. I have. Hold on. I'll be. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll, I'll cover for you. Okay. Okay. Gosh. This guy can't take him anywhere. Anyway, uh, first beer for the night. Uh, we have a Block 15 Brewing out of Corvallis, Oregon. It is the Favorable Fortune Dry Irish Stout. I can't remember if I've had this one on Talking Heads before, but I know I've had it on uh, a a full length video review. Um, for only a five percent stout, it's it's a very interesting beer. It's uh, obviously it's very dry, but it's got this wonderfully thick body, which you normally don't get in very low ABV stouts. Uh, I mean, I mean, even porters are, are often very, very thin and mm-hmm. kind of unredeemed. This has great body, great legs, a lot of coffee flavor, but but very dry. It's a, it's a real interesting hmm. beer. That is interesting. 
Uh, must have used a lot of oats or something, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of what I thought as well. Um, second up from Ex Novo, uh, collaboration with Old Standby Brewing, is the Understudy IPA. Or no, oh. sorry, Understudy ESB. ESB? ESB. Uh-huh. Um, that's a That's a... Highly not not that not that well used uh, beer style. Yeah, which um, I actually like ESBs a lot. Oh, me too. The really cool thing about this one is Old Standby Brewing is out of Salem. Uh, they're oh, they're yeah. here out of Salem, Oregon. Uh, it is actually a charity brewery where uh, the proceeds from this go to Dornbeckers or um, they'll like pick a charity per brew. I don't remember what uh, what Old Standby goes to. Um, oh no, it was a, uh, it was an arts program. It was an arts program here in Oregon. Um, but all the proceeds from this beer go towards, uh, arts for something. I'm sorry. I need to look it up real quick. <laughs> old standby brewing. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Old standby brewing.com. Uh, it's a not-for-profit brewery. Uh, their current drop is the X Novo. And it goes to uh, uh, proceeds benefit creating opportunities. Or no, okay. un- understudy is oh Oregon Children's Theater. There it is. Oh, I was gonna say mo- yeah. drinking most beer creates opportunities. Yep. <laughs> uh, but but they've done uh, collaborations with Forty Fifth uh, Parallel Brewing. They've mm-hmm. done Ninkasi. They've done Ex Novo. Uh, they've got another one with uh, Yakima Valley Hops. Um, so they've been kind of bouncing around. They, I believe they started this around 2020 and yeah, every single brew they do is a charity beer. So it's oh, nice. really, really interesting read. So actually from being Salem, I don't, I've never heard of them before, which is kind of interesting. They're I only a couple years beer. old. They started, I think in 2020. That's, yeah. That could be um, why I've never heard of them. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so super interesting stuff. Anyway, uh, what do you got? On okay, tap my beers. All right, so I have. I and speaking of Ninkasi, I got a new Ninkasi I had not seen before, which is new this year. I think it's called their Trailhead Tropical IPA. I have not seen that one. I had not either, and I usually like Ninkasi. Yeah, uh, but what's funny you know, is I bought an Ninkasi pack myself, and it came yeah. with another one that I hadn't seen, and oh, I yeah. almost grabbed so- that one tonight. So. They, they must be cranking out a bunch of new ones that I haven't had in a while because yeah. they used to just put out their standards and stuff like that. And I still like Tricera hops and stuff like that. Right, Dawn of the Red. Uh, and, yeah, and so all those are great. But I'm like, oh, a new Ninkasi. I got I got to try it. Yeah. So I grabbed that. And uh, this one is uh, Breakside. This Ooh. is the uh, Maple Oligarch, which is a bourbon barrel aged, a, a maple bourbon barrel aged Ooh. Uh, stout. Ooh. It's a 10 percenter right there. And nice. if I get through those two before the end of the show, I have a third just in case, my third standby. Uh, it's from Silver Falls Brewing, which I know you did a couple of Silver Falls yep. beers lately. Yep. yep. This is uh, Starry Night Stout. Oh, nice. I've had that one. Yeah. Uh, I think I've had this one before, too. I remember I wasn't super impressed with Silver Falls, mm-hmm. but I do remember liking their stout. I'm not sure yep. if this is the same stout, though. Yeah, I had their Oregon I Sunshine Hazy uh, a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago. It quite good, quite good. Oh, okay, okay. So. Maybe they're getting better because I yeah. I went there when they first opened up, mm-hmm. and it was all just like, eh, you know, it's not good or not bad. It's just like, eh, you know. Right. But maybe maybe they're stepping up their game. There's a few breweries that do that. You know, you get their their first impressions are not great, but then they work at it. And they get get to be pretty good. But um, 
Oh, maybe maybe Silver Falls will be that way. I can always yeah. use another brewery that's close to my house. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. We'll do just a couple of beer shout outs here. Novella Hubs got a six point brewery resin DIPA, uh, 9.1% out of Brooklyn, New York. Ooh. Michael's got a Spinal Crusher double IPA, 7.5 by Right Brain Brewing. <laughs> I like uh, that one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got a Rheingeist Brewery, Cloud Harvest 08, uh, Unfiltered Juicy IPA, 6.5%. Uh, all of these are, are following a, a theme tonight. It seems to be IPA night, uh, which is interesting because tomorrow is actually National IPA Day. That's right. August 4th. That's right. That's why I wanted to make sure there was an IPA in my rotation, but who am I kidding me? There's always an IPA in my rotation. Usually, so <laughs> what's funny is there's usually an IPA in mine as well. Uh, yeah. I, I picked a stout in the ESB. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't have one this time. <laughs> And I think the, uh, the fifth is, is International Beer Day. I believe the fifth is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, hot coffee. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, this is lovely. Yeah, this Nankasi is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you find it, definitely, definitely pick that up. Yeah, um, I got really their good. I got their twelve pack of bottles, and there's a new pale ale. Uh, oh, okay. That has a I don't remember the name of it, but it's like a bright yellow sun. Reminds me kind of like the mm. uh, the Deschutes Fresh Haze label. Oh um, yeah, it's kind yeah. of that style of label. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a beer that I've never seen from Ninkasi before. Uh, Andrew sends over $2, wants to know if Logitech and Tencent news is on the docket. It is indeed. Uh, I believe mm -hmm. that's our second story up tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Harley sends over $5. Thank you very much, Harley. Saving a Bell's Double Two-Hearted IPA for the after show, 11%. We've had Ooh. that one. It is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. And we've got uh, Lieutenant Lemming chiming in for five Aussie bucks. Uh, Brookvale Union Ginger Beer at 9.17 a.m. Just finished a night shift. Awesome. Oh, nice. I do love a good ginger beer. I do, too. Uh, gi ginger beer is usually my go-to when I kind of want to drink, but I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, yeah, ginger's got that almost alcoholic got, bite to it's it. It's got that bite to it, right. So it's got, so it's got like, uh, especially, I like I like making mine fresh. I'll do a fresh mm -hmm. uh, ginger beer or something like that. Yeah. Um, freshly grade the ginger and everything, because you get that, mm, that really yeah. good ginger bite. I Man, like, is it delicious. I like doing ginger beer and cranberry juice. Straight cranberry Ooh. juice and 50-50 ginger beer. Uh, you get a little bit of that that tart zing with some of that, that you know, spicy bite. It's really, uh, really good. I, I really never good. thought of that. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, hmm. that, that is probably my go-to mocktail. That does sound pretty good. <laughs> Grape Crush. All right. Uh, first up... What? No. The SEC charges 11 people in an alleged $300 million crypto Ponzi scheme. Well, it was what? just... What? Uh, who would have thought that cryptocurrency would have such kind of devious underbelly? Who would have thought of... Uh, <laughs> who would have thought? Who would have thought of currency with no regulation would have... <laughs> would have issues with regulation? Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> 
Uh, this is according to CNBC. On Monday, the SEC Commission, or uh, Securities Exchange Commission, the SEC, yep. said it charged 11 people for their roles in creating and promoting a fraudulent crypto pyramid scheme and Ponzi scheme that raised more than $300 million from retail investors, including in the United States. The scheme called Forsage... Uh, claimed to be a decentralized smart contract platform, allowed millions of retail investors to enter into transactions via smart contracts that operated on Ethereum, Tron, and Binance blockchains. Um... <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't I mean, want I don't want to be the I told you so guy. I, I yeah. don't. But at the same time, I I hate crypto bro with a passion. Mm-hmm. Crypto bro is just the new gold is just the new gold bro. Uh, yeah. you know, the the world's gonna go under. You gotta invest in gold. I'm not trading gold for food. Like, yeah. like if that's if zombie apocalypse is your fear, gold is the last thing on my list. Uh <laughs> it's heavy. It's shiny yeah. and probably will attract things if you drop it. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, zombie apocalypse is pretty worthless, but silver during a werewolf apocalypse that that would see, be something. See, but that's a different scenario. That's a different scenario. And altogether. that's and yeah. that's one the silver bros never planned for <laughs> either. They're not smelting it down into bullets and knives. They're <laughs> that's true. There's no. There's no. They're hoarding uh, forty nine quarters away. <laughs> That's they got to they got to create a new like uh, internet monster uh, where its weakness is cryptocurrency. <laughs> uh, you, you defeat it by putting it on the blockchain. <laughs> what about a blockchain MMO? I think they're I think they're actually working is on there, something like there? that. I think that they are. Yeah, <laughs> where I think we're like the items are like. The, the items are on the blockchain or something like yeah. that. So you, you know you have like a unique. Oh item wait, or no, that was just Diablo Immortal. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh snap! Yeah. Uh, Kren chimes in for five Aussie bucks. Thank you so much, Kren. Good day. It's my birthday today. In the office for most of it. Well, that sucks. But I hope you uh, have at least one frosty beverage once you yeah. uh, are are technically allowed to. <laughs> yeah. Well, happy birthday. Happy uh, birthday. I know that they they keep saying like uh, here here in America we have Fosters which they keep saying is Australian for beer. Yeah. But if you talk to any Australian they they don't even know what Fosters is. Right. They're like I don't I don't know what that is. <laughs> is that a slur? I I'm not. Yeah, sure. well, that, a, I thought that was a coffee. Oh, no, <laughs> you're thinking Folgers. Folgers. Uh, Folgers. <laughs> Fosters. Yeah. No 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 that that that's what they mark into uh, market to Australians. Folgers, American oh, for for coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we all know that Folgers here is just the absolute garbage of coffee. Right, right. Uh, many a night I've had some truck stop coffee, and mm-hmm. it's usually the the Folgers, the light Folgers roast. crystals. Yeah, uh, Folgers. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but I thought it was the best part of waking up, Steve. Yeah, it was Folgers in my cup. Yeah, Folgers in my cup. Uh, and then in the garbage, and then in the garbage disposal. <laughs> About two hours later, in the in the toilet. Now, now Folgers actually does make a high-end coffee yeah. that is actually pretty good. 
Uh, but their their standard freeze dried stuff is yeah. like a, a travesty to even call it coffee. Yeah. Fully agree. Uh, Sean wants to know. Uh, greetings, Craft Computing. What is your opinion of Founders Porters? Yes, uh, Founders Porters are great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I haven't had. I mean, they. I know that they have some specialty ones, but mm. they're very hard to come by around here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Founders being a. Gosh, where are they? Where are they based at? Indiana. I think they're Midwest. I believe. Yeah, they're Midwest somewhere. Founders Brewing. Uh, they used they used to do the CBS, and so now they do the KBS. Those are both great. Yeah. Uh, but I know they have some specialty ones, but those are those are harder to come by. Kind of kind of like, um, you know, some of the uh, Dragon's Milk. Like we can get Dragon's Milk oh, out here Michigan. all day long. Oh, Michigan. Oh, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's Sounds right. right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like like Dragon's Milk. We can get Dragon's Milk all day long around here. Yeah. But to get the specialty Dragon's Milk, that's a little harder to come by. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so so oh. we we've had uh, we've had their standard porter. Uh, we've had like Steve said the CBS when they made that. The the KBS is a, is a mm-hmm. standard that we can get around here. Founders IPAs. In fact, I had a Founders All Day IPA. Uh, yeah, just upstairs for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, if you're talking about any of their specialty stuff, I I have never seen it around. But but their standard porter, great porter. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. Kind of like the uh, the Deschutes Black Butte Porter. If you ever yeah. see that around, that's Oregon's standard porter. Standard porter, and it, yeah. it's you know what? Every once in a while, I, I, because I haven't had it in a while, and I forget because I used to drink it all the time. Yeah. And then uh, I haven't. I was like, you know what? I, I forget how much I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I should just buy this more often. Yeah, Black Butte <laughs> Porter is the beer that brought me into craft beers. Uh, yeah. It is the beer yeah, that me kind too, of woke much, me up yeah. to, uh, to hey, beer can be. Just as Tasty. interesting as spirits can, yeah. because I, oh, yeah. I was I was always a spirits and whiskey and gin and cocktails, um, and and whatnot because there were there's so much variety out there. There there's so much that you can get into, and mm-hmm. for me, and I've talked about this a couple of times. I, I spent a couple of years working at a grocery store, and uh, the smell of the bottle return machines of nine month old stale rotting beer. domestic oh, yeah. beer. It just makes you want to hurl. Right. I know, yeah. And, really bad. And so, and because I grew up coming of age in the late 90s and early 2000s, before really the craft boom had hit, mm-hmm. uh, the only thing ever available in bars was Bud, Bud Light, Miller, maybe yeah. a Sam Adams, you know, right. uh, and, and whatnot. And so every time I would order a beer, try a beer, someone would have a beer on hand. It was like no, that's that crap is that's awful. Gross. How can that's you even terrible. <laughs> yeah. stomach that, right? Yeah. And so I was always like, you know, whiskey is really good. Like I, I got into Irish whiskeys and I got into, mm-hmm. into scotches and 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 bourbons and ryes and and whatnot. And then uh, somewhere in the late two thousands, I finally like discovered Black Butte Porter and went, "There's something here." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And then there's just a just the same amount of variety out there. You know, not only do you have your porters and stouts and IPAs and pails and, you know, ESPs uh, and stuff like that. There's sorry. all kinds of stuff in between. Oh, what do you got? Uh, Zachary says, craft uh, computing raid right on the blockchain. Your parody is stored in the blockchain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you can go with NFTs are not a backup. <laughs> no. Bad. Bad. 
Uh, does drinking and working with computers go hand in hand by default? I've never known a sysadmin worth of salt who didn't have who a bottle didn't. of scotch in his in his, in oh, his yeah. file cabinet. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you don't, if you start your career doing it and you don't drink, within yeah. a couple of months you will. Right. <laughs> you, you will start. Don't you worry just, about it. You just do. <laughs> yeah. um, it was. There was one guy that I worked with for probably about three years or so. Uh, his name was Sean. Um, he, he worked, uh, in a different wing of the company, but was, mm -hmm. was like my level colleague in the different department. Um, anyway, uh, uh, we kept telling him about this user that we always have problems with, and he always thought we were exaggerating. And finally he had to interact with that user for an issue that was on the software side and not on the hardware or, or the user interface side. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he uh, he drove down to my office. He was in a different building. He drove down to my office, um, opened the IT room door, closed it behind him, and went. And by the way, he and I had fire had higher firepower. Uh, mm. at, he walked into the office and he didn't say anything to anyone. There were five or six people there. He closed the door behind him and he goes, "I'm going to close my eyes." And if a bottle of scotch magically appears, <laughs> you will not be terminated. If a bottle of scotch does not appear, I am going to search every square inch of this office <laughs> to find the bottle of scotch. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, my, my, my boss, my old boss. I didn't he, even he know kept, he drank. <laughs> he, kept, he kept bottles of scotch all over the place. Yeah, no, that, that was always... one of my favorite moments. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> there better be some scotch in front of me. If some scotch magically appears, no harm will come to you. <laughs> <laughs> but if it does not appear, I will find the scotch. <laughs> yeah, I know it's here. <laughs> and I will take you down with me. <laughs> um. Anyway, Forsage, now that we're looping back into the, the news, Forsage was launched uh, back in January of 2020. Uh, and uh, cease and desist actions were first brought against the security uh, mm -hmm. in September of 2020. And later in March of 2021 by the Montana Commissioner of the SEC and Insurance. Wow. Um, so... Uh, despite this, and this is a direct quote from CNBC, uh, the defendants allegedly continued to promote their scheme while denying claims in several YouTube videos and by other means. So basically using social media to go, it's not true. It's fine. It's, it's totally fine. fine. This, this is just how business works and people are upset. They're just, that blah, blah, blah. They're just jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Told you so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, pump and dump. Yep. I also love it that every single time I talked about crypto on the show, I will get like four or five crypto bros uh, in my DMs the next morning telling me I know absolutely nothing about crypto and that I'm completely wrong on the claims and and they haven't, but a friend of theirs made like millions investing in crypto right. and and I should totally get on board with that. Um, that or the endless string of comments uh, that I'll the the AI bots trying to chat with each other, but none of their sentences actually make sense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yep. 
but trying to promote whatever crypto they're trying to promote at the time. It's not a Ponzi scheme, Ponzi. it's a TikTok dance. Arno, maybe it's not a Ponzi scheme quote, TikTok dance. Nah. <laughs> maybe there's a dance out there called it's not a Ponzi scheme. It's not a Ponzi scheme? <laughs> I don't know, I don't TikTok. <laughs> that should be a dance, I don't TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. I'm no, not on TikTok. No one will know. Yeah. If, 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 if I dance and it's not on TikTok, wouldn't anyone see? <laughs> so, yeah. Your wife, and she's still laughing. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I don't. Although dance. you are wearing the perfect shirt my, for that today. I, I am. I do like my <laughs> I do like my Star Trek Riker and uh, Picard shirt. <laughs> they had the time of their lives. Yep. <laughs> Ain't nobody put William in a corner. <laughs> uh, I can just imagine him storming up to his room after Patrick's or after uh, Dad tells him to. Gosh, who who, who was Dad in that that one? Uh, oh, wasn't. Gosh. Oh, wait. Are, are you talking? Are you talking about in the actual movie? Yeah, the actual movie. Uh, it was uh, Jerry Orbitch was was the yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Um. But uh, I, I just imagine him yelling at, at Riker and Riker storming up to his room, but with the trombone. <laughs> yeah, somebody's got to do it that. Could, just, uh... This remake, it writes itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, some clever editing, just, just replace her with Riker in all the scenes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, deep fake it. Deep fake it, yeah. Someone needs to deep fake that with Riker. Uh, Logitech and Tencent Games announce a partnership to announce handheld cloud gaming. Um, yeah. Very interesting thought to this one. I know. I thought so, too. <laughs> um, obviously, handheld, and when I say mobile in this context, I'm talking about mobile rendered gaming, a la the Steam Deck and PC gaming, not iPhone and Android mobile gaming, um, mm. not app store controlled, you know, walled garden right. kind of things. I'm talking about more enthusiast gaming. Right. Um, not that Farmville's not enthusiast, but it's not the games I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, uh, Tencent is always kind of active in the market, trying to buy different properties, different game studios. Uh, uh, they at one point tried to buy uh, Take Two, uh, owners mm -hmm. of Rockstar, yep. um, and now it seems they are partnering with Logitech, Logitech G, Logitech's gaming uh, wing, to create a service to compete with uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming, GeForce Now, uh, Google Stadia, when Stadia existed, uh, etc. And so. You know, kind of the thing that I like to do, which is decentralized AAA gaming or, or cloud gaming. Um, and there's not a lot of information in this. This is all just marketing speak. You know, we're going to bring a paradigm shift to the industry and shake up the status quo. <laughs> like, that's how this whole oh, yeah. thing reads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very interesting that these two companies in, in particular are getting involved in this because Logitech... Yeah has never traditionally been an infrastructure or a software company. They've always been a hardware company. Yep. And 
I've I've said this a couple of times, at least in jest to my friends, but it's it's kind of true. Um, I can get peripherals from just about any company if I reach out and ask, except Logitech. I've asked Logitech a dozen times and they've never wanted to work with me. So I buy my own Logitech peripherals. Like if I'm buying a gaming mouse, I buy Logitech. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I've never been let down by one. Um, and, uh, but that's the company that I know them as. You know, I know Logitech does a lot of sponsorships for for e gaming for for competitive mm -hmm. gaming, um, but e gaming, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, for for gaming competitions, uh, you know, competitive e competitive gaming, competitive gaming. There yeah. we go. E gaming. The, the phrase was in there somewhere. <laughs> Just had to chisel that out of the marble. Um, but them diving into more of a of a software realm is not really what they're known for although tencent is as tencent is a developer of a number of different mm -hmm. mobile games mmos different gaming services that kind of thing um but like i said kind of an interesting partnership just my gut reaction well my my thought was that is that because it's an advanced handheld cloud gaming it means that i think logitech is going <laughs> to come out with a device and and that could be what that, it is because they're very very similar to the Steam yeah the Steam Deck right there right so so and, and then it's going to be running ten cents uh, software yeah I mean you could uh, also go like the Ein Odin or something like that yeah um, where it's going to be a not really Steam Deck you know level power where it's got you know a, a mm -hmm. Ryzen five CPU and and mm -hmm. Vega eight graphics and things like that. Uh, something more akin to this, where this is running a Snapdragon 845 and Android, and mm. but this would make an excellent thin client or a streaming client right. for yeah. a wireless service. Yeah. So, very interesting. Um, I'm kind of curious to see what develops out of this, if something develops out of this. Uh, if something good develops out of this. Yeah. I, I just don't have a lot of... Logitech's never really built... Controller-wise, they're going to be fine. As yeah. far as the rest of the internals, that's kind of, you know, that's a, uh, yeah, that's a new that trail yet. for them to blaze. That so. is. Because, that is. yeah, with mice, keyboard, you know, mm -hmm. like you said, controllers, I still have one of their original Xbox controllers. Oh, yeah. It, it works works great. Uh, I still use it to this day. In fact, sometimes I prefer it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh those are vastly simpler than, you know, creating a device with, inner, with you know, electronic innards and everything like that right. and to make it work great. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they what they put out, uh, although the article did not say when or any prediction when, when. or what or particular yeah. like there's no yeah. like I said, it's this is all marketing speak. Logitech yeah. G's leadership and PC and console yeah. gaming gear make them an ideal partner to help us realize the vision of bringing a better gaming experience to gamers yeah. around the globe. That's the whole. Yeah, it's just fluff. It's, it's just, just marketing fluff. Uh, they probably have some plans already. They're just not telling anybody, obviously. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm sure they so, have an end game in mind, but yeah. I'm sure this is all just just you know marketing clout to get you know people salivating and talking about it and you know getting their name out there. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, there's been several times where things have been announced and there's been a put a lot of hype behind it and even like you know uh, prototype pictures and stuff like that and then canceled. Yeah. 
don't know if you remember that. What was it uh, way back in like, I want to say mid 2000s, there was the Phantom console. Do you remember that? Phantom console. I do remember yeah. rumblings about that. There was, there was like, cause it was supposed to be a PC console that will run PC games and it was, but it was console based and stuff like yep. that. And uh, they were always, they're pushing it. There's promos for it everywhere, everywhere. And all of a sudden, boop, nothing. There gone. was the Steam machine in 2012 from Alienware well, they, with, yep. with mobile Kepler graphics. <laughs> yep. Well, I think they actually put out a few of those units. They did though. put out some yeah. of those units, but it... But they're gone now. They're just right. like, nah, no. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, I mean... Ouya put out some units technically too. They sold about two hundred thousand units. That's true. But, That's true. But hardly any to their actual Kickstarter backers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That'd be great to sell a device uh, to, like, uh, I was actually just just watching uh, MVG uh, Modern Vintage Gamer just did uh, a little expose on uh, Ouya as. Uh, some homebrew communities have brought mm -hmm. the console back to life after Razer, who acquired all of their assets in 2019, shuttered the service, eventually turning the Ouya console into bricks because every Couldn't single anything, yeah. every single title had online DRM authentication. Um, and so as soon as the service went away, you couldn't use anything on the Ouya. You could power it on, but you couldn't launch an application. Well, they've reverse engineered it and they have a new platform for it. But it was kind of interesting to hear that Ouya raised $8.5 million in capital on Kickstarter. They're still one of the largest Kickstarters that's ever taken place. Um, and they took the Kickstarter money, they built a bunch of units, they then sent the units to retail and sold all the units and hardly ever fulfilled the Kickstarter backers. And then like, Bye, we're gone. Now. So, so see you later. <laughs> wouldn't it be great to sell a hunt to sell two hundred thousand units, but make enough money as if you had sold four hundred thousand of them? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what happened. Basically, yeah. Also, yeah, crypto is a Ponzi thing. scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, it's not a Ponzi scheme. Today's sponsor. Ah, who could it be? Today's video is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever wanted to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources to invest in hardware, power, cooling, time, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes most of the tutorials for my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup, or as Zachary said, NFTs are not a backup. Linode also announced they are the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. Last year, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates remained at the same low price they always had been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing. And again, a huge thanks to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Mm, that's right. Go for Linode and your wallet will not erode. Explode. <laughs> Explode. Hey, there we go. That's even better. God, it's, it's like having Rhett in studio. The puns don't stop.
I only do the puns for Linode, though. Just the Linode that's, one. That's true. Okay. That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> like no I did with today's puns. sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bungie is in the news. Uh, Bungie, you know, the OG Halo developers. Oh, yeah. Um, now owned by Sony and no longer making Halo, but whatever. Uh, Bungie yeah, is in got, the news. They got another money-making IP. It's fine. Yeah, they, they, they got their own thing. Yeah. Uh, Bungie says that bringing lawsuits against cheaters and online harassers is actually good business. Um, now, this one's tricky. This, this is a yeah. tricky story to talk about, um, because, well, let me back up. Uh, cheating in a game, it's bad, okay? That's bad, especially especially a free online game. Especially a free online. Yeah, game. those are that just ruins it for everybody. I mean, right. Come on. The only thing worse than cheating in a free online game is cheating in a paid online game. Well, uh, I mean, at least with a paid online game, if they ban you, you have to go buy it again. At least you know they're making money off of that. Right. Right. This is they can just go create a new account and start all over again. I mean. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. We IP banned them. Yeah, and I unplugged my modem and plugged it back in. Yeah, plugged it back in. I got another. Yeah. All right. Yep. Now my neighbor complains he can't get online, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, Bungie has in the past gone after a number of uh, different. They they say rule bla- rule breakers rule breakers, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, their lawyer claims it is simply removing bad actors from the game community. Uh, as it's the right thing to do, and it is also good business to do so. While I do agree it is probably in their best interest to Mm. moderate their community, I I also don't see the point in bringing lawsuits against people who run... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I can... I could... I... See... I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's a novel approach to to try to maybe squash the 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 bot the you know the aimbot communities because mm-hmm. there's you know if you let it run rampant it could it could totally ruin a community. Mm-hmm. I used to love playing Team Fortress Two for the longest time, and I still like even late into the into its lifespan, I still loved playing Team Fortress Two mm-hmm. until the aimbots took over, and yep. it was just like I, I did I I didn't want to play anymore because it right. was just no fun. So you had to find your own private server or whatnot. So I can see where they may want to sue somebody because, hey, look, you're going to ruin our business basically by doing this because people are going to get frustrated and leave. And that could definitely be a leg that they stand on when it comes to a, a civil lawsuit like this. Yeah. Uh, lo- mm-hmm. Loss of income, loss of profit, you know, mm-hmm. lo- loss of loss of face. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, there's so many different angles that they could take on this. Um but uh, direct quote, we have seen historically that bad actors will often be tolerated because other people or because the people with the skills and power to remove them do not focus their efforts there. Uh, to put it simply, we disagree. In our view, removing harassment and abuse from our community is not only the right thing to do, it is also good business, end quote. Um, tolerating bad actors chases away a lot of people who would like to enjoy our products. And that's probably where they're going or 
why they're yeah. going about this. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, I'm not defending cheaters, hackers, whatever else. Um, right. I do draw into question someone simply running software on their side of the equation. Um, I mean, hacking is technically breach of an unauthorized breach of a system. And so technically by running, you know, cheats inside of your local Mm -hmm. client, you are breaching Bungie's personal servers and committing a felony. Uh, But it's never really been treated like that. Uh, And it's this weird line to draw uh, when it comes to things like that. Uh, Also, it brings into question... What will Bungie do after these games are sunset? You know, yeah. uh, will they go after people who run clone servers, who run, you know, just local land things? Are they going after modders who uh, want to play games in single player? Uh, yep. You know, so on top of the legitimate bad actors and mm-hmm. uh, people you do not want in your community. Yeah, they're out there. Uh, but... I do wonder about the collateral about that with, because I don't play online games hardly at all. Like I barely even get online with my friends. I, I'm kind of like a single player or nothing kind of guy. Uh, I I don't, I will rarely get online and play play games unless it's like for an event. If, if I wanted to get like, let's say the, the four of us from Talking Heads yeah. wanted to get together and play Bridge Commander you know, uh, uh, you know, and, and do a Star fun. Trek thing, which I've wanted to do for a long time. And I, yes. we have enough VR headsets to do it. Like we need to I, I have make that happen. Like, right. I have it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we do need to make that happen by the way. Um, but like, I'll totally do events like that. Yeah. But I am often when I have free time, it, it the free time that I have is the last time that I want to spend talking to another person <laughs> or yeah. interacting with another individual. Well, yeah, especially when you're, if you don't have like a regular group of people you play online with, you're going to be playing, you're going to be having awkward conversations with strangers. Right. And half the time, even though, yeah, I have a mic, but I ain't going to say nothing. You know, that type of mm-hmm. thing. I've done that several times before. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I just don't want to talk to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it's weird being in, being in my position, being, you know, on social media, like my job is social right. media. My job is to be social. And I be I am social in, in so many different areas. I, I produce videos for YouTube. I get on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very vocal on Twitter. I'm very active in the Discord communities that I run uh, and, and a couple others that, that I'm involved with. Um, but I can only spend so much of my time being yeah. social. And yeah. and like I said, when I finally want to sit down and play a game, I just want to make the AI effing pay <laughs> and, <laughs> and not have to yeah. deal with that 12 year old in my ear, yeah. you know, or even sometimes just talk to my friends because I just talked to them on social media. That's where they right. exist too. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I, I haven't, um, I do like some online games. I do play, uh, like I'll play some with my nieces and nephews once in a while. They'll invite me to go play. I played, um, was it Phas- Phasmophobia with them? Not uh-huh. that not that long ago. That was kind of a fun little game. Yeah, you kind of like a you're like a ghost hunter type of a thing. And you got to try to figure out what the ghost is and figure out how to get rid of it and whatnot. That was kind of fun. But 
for the most part, yeah, I'll, I'll just focus on on single player games or stuff like that. Because you're right, I I just I, I have a limited amount of free time and I want to mm-hmm. enjoy myself. I don't want to be irritated by everybody else that's around me. Right. I, Unless, I don't I don't want to wait in the lobby. I don't yeah. want to match make. I I don't like like all the things that happen in online communities today Mm -hmm. unless you get on with the same group of people and my free time is so sporadic that it's literally impossible for me to go okay the four of us let's get on and do a raid at like seven o'clock oh crap this kid spit up and i've got yeah this thing going on yeah it just never happens and (laughs) like i do enjoy those things right um but for me they've got to be planned well in advance yeah no i know we we used to on the discord we used to like every saturday try to get together and play games Mm -hmm. with other people on the discord which was i i found to be fun because you know i chat with these guys on the discord and you know i kind of know them and so when we got to go play together it was it was pretty fun yeah uh but now i can't I can't really play online games because now my son's old enough that if he sees me playing something, he immediately wants to take over. Yeah. He, he gets on my lap. He's like, well, I'm going to play this now. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh. And same kind of thing. I, I, I love my kids, but they'll stand over me and go, oh, go do this now. Oh, do that thing again. Oh, yeah. And it's like, no, I, I just want to burn this building down in peace. Oh, no. I, I wish he would just passively stand by and comment. He doesn't do that. It's like, oh, that looks like fun, Dad. Here, let me sit on your lap. Oh, here, let me have the mouse. Oh, let me have the keyboard. And, you know. Yeah. He's, he's taken I, over. I, I've been playing uh, Teardown a lot lately. Oh, uh, Teardown's great. Yes, that that is that is one of my like happy places right now. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. It, it is the perfect mix of destructiveness and whimsical environments and and uh, engineering and planning that goes into mm-hmm. like making sure you complete all the objectives. Like mm-hmm. like usually getting the main objectives is pretty easy, but it's like. Mm-hmm you can do these four objectives and you can like walk a straight line and do all four of them. Or you can do these seven objectives and spend 40 minutes figuring out how to get to all of them before your 60 second timer runs out. <laughs> like, like that's the stuff like that. that I enjoy. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, and so I've been spending a lot of time doing that, but I'll get on the game and, and of course I have some mods installed. Have you seen the piano fall mod? No, I have not seen you need that. You to one. download the piano fall mod. Okay. I'll have to get that. Um, so what it is, is you get a conductor's baton. That is your mm-hmm. tool. Mm-hmm. Um, you can click the button and, or sorry, you can click the middle button. If you hit the middle mouse button, it will spawn mm-hmm. a piano. That is playable. Okay. You can like hit keys on the piano. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Okay. Yeah. Spawns a little baby grand. Um, if you click the, the, the left mouse button, it will drop a piano from the sky. Oh, fun. <laughs> this is like this is like a Bugs like Bunny straight up Looney Tunes. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And and the sound and it, it's great. Um, <laughs> if you hold the button in, you will charge a little bar on the bottom of the screen, and then if you release the button, it will launch a piano. Oh, uh, and so you can like hurl a piano into a building and crap like that. Um, if you hold down the button and charge it all the way up and then hold down the right button at the same time, it will throw as many pianos as the game will possibly spawn. Oh yeah, and then you just got this. <laughs> yeah. It's I, the I've greatest been, thing ever. I've been I've been messing around with, uh, I got this during the Steam uh, summer sale because it yeah. was like two bucks or something like that. It was ridiculously cheap, but it's called People Playground. I don't know if you've ever seen that one before. That one, no. it's, it's kind of like a sandbox thing, very, very similar to Teardown, but it's mm-hmm. 2D. Mm-hmm. And you can set up, and there's just there's just a ton of like workshop 
entries for it too. But it's 2D and you can like blow things up and freeze them, make them explode. Uh, it's 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 crazy fun. Uh, kind of like teardown. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's 2D. And even with that, with it being 2D. Uh, if you throw too much objects at it, it's just gonna start junk, 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 junk. Yeah, just start chugging all, along. Because all the all the all the ragdoll physics that's going on and stuff like that. My my daughter. Um, so I bought her teardown as well, and mm-hmm. uh, she plays on a converted MacBook Air. Uh, mm-hmm. so she has a MacBook Air, and she plays on my cloud gaming server, uh, in a remote mm-hmm. instance. And cool. and so it'll it allows me to not have another desktop set up permanently in the house. She can go take her laptop wherever she wants. Right. Play at a desk. Play at the table. Play on the couch. Doesn't matter. Um, and uh, and that's been working fantastic. She oh, managed awesome. with teardown to crash my server. Oh. <laughs> uh, she yeah, crashed. I wouldn't would doubt it. Yeah. She crashed the GPU, and the GPU crashed so hard that it that it broke the driver within kvm and it actually brought down some of my vms (laughs) that's some serious stuff (laughs) i was like part of me is mad but the other part is really proud right oh yeah i think i think my son and one of his other friends they were over here and they they i think they crashed my my minecraft server to the point where the world was unrecoverable yeah because it just kept spawning stuff and spawning stuff and spawning stuff i think they they spawned like just tons of bees what they did i don't know what they did <laughs> and it's like and he's like dad this the server crashed and i brought it back up and it wouldn't come back up because yeah. it says there's something wrong with the world and i'm like i gotta i gotta create you gotta start a new world guys yeah yep no i i actually had to uh create a new world and um we we've had the conversation before about mm-hmm. please don't just like spawn under the spawn point and mm-hmm. then walk a thousand blocks in one direction. Yeah. Like try to explore a little bit more circular. We have a map, we have dine map uh, on, on the server. And so you can see where you're at. You can see the world yeah. that you're exploring. Try to, you know, explore radially, not linearly. Yeah. It's kind of hard. Most of my friends are pretty good about that. My wife will just chug in one direction. And, yeah. <laughs> and and it's like, so you can see all my friends and you can kind of see like little bubbles that they've carved for themselves, like right on the edge of like where everyone's been at. And, and we've all played, you know, 40 to 80 hours inside the server. And then there's this one trail that comes off the map and then does like this <laughs> up in the top. It's like, what are you doing? I love I'm looking for something. I'm looking for something. <laughs> yeah. I was exploring. I went up here. It's just a different biome. You yeah. had the same crap here. I wanted to find an oxalotl. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So next time we're getting border guard installed, which is the you can only walk so many blocks away from the spawn point. Ah, okay. And I'll probably enforce her and no one else. <laughs> Everybody else can do it, but nope, she can't just mm-hmm. go so far. Yeah, we have to uh because of her, we have to nuke the server every once in a while because there's so <laughs> many too big. stale assets. Yeah. <laughs> Spron. Yeah. It's fun. Uh let's see. Should we jump to another store or should we open another yeah. beer? How's your how's I, your beer doing? I'm I'm like down a couple more sips. In fact, I was looking at the time, I'm like, oh, it's almost perfect. Yeah, no, I yeah. I, I went, oh look, it's seven o'clock. Final sip. Mm-hmm. 
Perfect. I pretty much timed that one pretty good. Tell you what, uh, you finish your beer. I've got a couple super chats to hit. Okay, uh, sure, sure, sure. We've got uh, Tech Geek sends over 25 bucks. Thank you, Tech Geek. Great to see you again. Oh, man, thanks. Uh, and uh, I think this... Yeah, this is the second super chat of the night. Uh, his verse was ghost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you call Batman when he skips church? Christian Bale. <laughs> I saw that. There's there's one there's one guy that um, uh, in the meetings that I go to at work. That's what uh-huh. he does. That's his that's his shtick. Yeah. He he'll he'll tell a joke at the end of each meeting, and they're <laughs> all they're all like punny dad jokes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like okay. I, I I think I, I think I heard that one before actually. I think I remember him telling something like that. Uh Mike sends over ten Canadian bucks. Uh hey Jeff, I visited Connecticut last week and mailed you a box of armor all uh with Quebec craft beer inside. <laughs> with armor all. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say, yeah. Was it real armor all? Oh uh, you know what? Ho- hope it reaches you safely. Uh, love the new time slot. Cheers to you, Steve, John, and Rhett. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you very Thanks much, very Mike. much. So I will definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, I haven't been to the mailbox since like last Thursday. Uh, usually mm. I go like at least three times a week because I've always got stuff arriving. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll. Uh, I think I have it on my schedule to go first thing tomorrow morning. So uh, I will see if it's arrived yet, and hopefully I've got some tasty Quebec beers to uh, open up next week. Yeah, we get some we get some Quebec beers over here. Um, God, what's that one? They they make there's I can't remember because the, they're they're it's Quebec, so it's all in French. I don't remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they have like they have like uh, I think they're like a Belgian style, and they're actually really good. Uh-huh. Um, but I haven't seen them around lately. I think you got to go up to like John's Marketplace to to find them. So hopefully there's some of those in there because those are delicious. Oh God! Sorry. Uh, I I just made the mistake of scrolling through the Talking Heads Discord channel uh, just briefly, uh, and Funky Monk uh, posted that college textbook maker Pearson. You probably all know who Pearson is. Uh, eyes NFTs to claim a cut of secondhand sales. So they will basically blockchain their books. And every time the book is resold, they will reclaim part of that as an NFT blockchain sale. What? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Pearson. F off. Yeah. Any way to make a buck, I guess. Yeah. You know what I realized? Huh. Uh, that I don't have a bottle opener. <laughs> are, are you one of those people who can open it with like a big pen? Like No, no. I, I, I'm always amazed at people who can do that because I, I couldn't. I never I, could. I, I've, I've seen the trick done so many times. I've and seen I've, it done. I've, I've had tried. it explained to me so many me times. Too. Me too. I've never been able to get it to work. Um, no, I can't. I. I can open a beer with keys, and so I've, I've done keys and I've done like you know corners of, of desks and stuff like that. Right. I've, which I've done is corners of desks, but yeah. it destroys your desk. Oh um, yes. Yeah. Uh, I actually uh, one of my business keys, one of my business office keys, was the perfect shape for for cracking a seal on a pop top. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, no keys. If if you can get one of the teeth of the key underneath the underneath lip, it. you can you just kind of. Like you don't even have to pop it in one go. You just kind of bend out a couple prongs and go pop, 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 just around the edge, and it'll. And it comes right up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's what I did before I got my handicraft computing bottle opener that fits on my keychain and is all aluminum and wonderful. Oh, yeah. Sorry, trick, no, trick mine, locked... sorry, mine are steel. Oh, okay, aluminum. there you go. I, I specifically requested not aluminum. Yeah, that's what, uh, uh, on the, in the Discord, TrickLogic, he, he told me that the beer from Quebec is Unibor, Unibro, Unibro, something in French. <laughs> but yeah, those those are the ones. Yes, I've seen them before. They are they are quite good. Yeah. All right. Uh, so for beer number two, if my mods are paying attention over on mm. the YouTube, by the way, huge shout out mm. to Skull, Rev, and uh, any of the other mods that are in chat today. Uh, love you guys, and you always do a fantastic job. Uh, Let's see. From Ex Nova Brewing, uh, Portland, Oregon, in collaboration with Old Standby Brewing in Salem, Oregon, it is the Understudy ESB Extra Special Bitter Ale. Uh, 5.2%. Nice. And I, I did use the side of my desk, but it's metal, so that's fine. It's not going to Well, there it. you go. <laughs> so, uh, but this is, yeah, Breaksides, uh, Maple Olig uh, Oligarch. And the uh, Imperial Stout aged in maple bourbon barrels. Nice. Which, since my glass is made from the skull of my enemy, you can't see it. <laughs> this has kind of a wonderful caramel color to it. Oh, it certainly does. Well, ESBs typically do. Yeah. But also getting an ESB that was made literally in Oregon. Kind of a rare thing. Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, it's not a style uh, that is popular around here. No, it isn't. Um, uh, Sandy M makes an ESB. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. They're one of the few. Uh, yeah. I don't know of any other. Yeah. Sandy M's also in Oregon, and and but not very widely distributed. You no, can kind of no. get them here, and you can kind of get them in, in Portland. Yeah. They don't have a wide distribution network, so... Breakside used to do it, but Breakside's gone. Um, Breakside used to have an ESB, uh -huh. um, but I don't know. I can't think of any other except uh, for burn, except for Sandy. Breakside or Burnside? Burnside. 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 Yeah. Did I say Breakside? You said Breakside. Okay, no, I meant Burnside. Sorry, you're Burnside. drinking a Breakside. I'm Breakside. Okay, that's why. Okay, right. it starts with a B. It's, it's, yeah. That's close enough. I was like, wait, did I stroke out there for a minute? Or <laughs> whoa! Oh my gosh. Well, you said bourbon barrel maple aged. Like I'm, well, I'm expecting okay. big things. Okay, because I was a little confused because it does say maple bourbon barrel. Mm -hmm. So did they make a maple bourbon and then age it in that barrel, or did they add maple to this? I I, I don't think because it's not super mapley. Yeah, but it definitely has a sweet maple flavor to it. Mm -hmm. But it's not overpowering. But it's extremely tasty. Oh, yeah. and the roasty the roasty notes are excellent. Yeah, I, I can't imagine they would have like back sweetened it or anything like mm -mm. that. Um, so I wouldn't think so either. Yeah, uh, mm. I mean, oh, no, it's, maple it's barrels absolutely... are a thing, uh, but maple bourbon barrels, I, I don't know unless there's like like you said a particular maple bourbon, a maple infused mm -hmm. bourbon that was aged right. in those barrels. That could totally be a thing. That could be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm guessing because that's that's kind of how it reads, how the description kind of reads to me. 
but I don't know. It's sure it's super delicious though. <laughs> the barrel is maple wood. Uh, I don't think so. Can't imagine it's, that it, it would be. Uh, yeah, because they they would say it would be maple barrels. Barrels ma are uh, barrels, especially. Uh, sorry, if a if a barrel is a bourbon barrel, it is new American oak. Yeah. Period. Uh, if, yeah. if if it is a bourbon barrel, it is made with new American oak. Yeah, aged in maple bourbon barrel. That's what it yeah. says. And so I imagine this was a maple infused or a previously maple bourbon that was finished in a bourbon barrel or some. Um, but yeah, bourbon barrel is a very specific term when you're talking about U.S. and barrel aging. So. Mm -hmm. Ah. Unibrew. Okay, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> that is... For an ESB, um, it's very light, very light-bodied. Um, but it's got this... That perfect blend of super, super dank Northwest hoppiness... Mm -hmm. And then this almost syrupy sweet maltiness, and and, and they're const they're doing this with each other. Uh, who who this makes this one? Uh, Ex Novo and Old Standby. Oh, Ex Novo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so Ex Novo known very much for experimenting all over the board. Like mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. um, you can't really just like if I say. If I say stone, you say IPA because yes. that's what stone makes. Uh, stone makes a bunch of other beers. They make stouts, they make reds, they make, but stone makes IPAs, right? Yeah. When I say Ex Novo, there's no one beer that pops to your head. There's like four. No, and, they have all and kinds. they're all different and they're all great. Um, mm -hmm. And so this, you've got, like I said, that wonderful Northwest IPA. Mm -hmm. Um hoppy danky mje uh <laughs> kind <Yeah. laughs> of kind of aroma going on right. to it um but but you've also got that like english brown maltiness that's just kind of yes. hanging on and both of those flavors are rather clingy and yeah. they're, they're rather oily and rather thick, uh, but it's a light bodied beer. And so th this is like a walking contradiction. Yes. Um, <laughs> where it, where it's know. like, uh, yeah. ooh, this is hop. No, wait, it's sweet. No, wait, it's hoppy again. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, I liked, I really liked the old, uh, um, um, well, even even the, the, the one that they make at Sandy M, I like that one because it's not overly hopped, the ESB. Mm hmm. Um, uh, the old Bridgeport one was was excellent. I thought their old uh, ESB that they used to make, because yeah. it was just like really sweet, malty, kind of a little bit of a brown kind of style, but mm -hmm. with a lighter hop flavor. Yeah, just just enough to kind of know it's there, but not enough, not enough to offend. Yeah, and it was it was really good. I really liked that style. No, this is this is great. I'm I'm really digging this. I remember John tried to make a ESB once, and it didn't turn out so good. Did it also have chunks of strawberries? <laughs> Surprisingly, yes. Even though there was no strawberries, in the, <laughs> they just showed up. How did that? They just, they just showed up. Shaking it like a he ketchup makes, bottle. 
He makes a bourbon barrel stout and then a strawberries in there somehow. I don't know. Yep. They just show up. All right. Uh, rumors of a new Oculus Quest 2 rival couldn't come at a worse time for Meta, and I am so, so disheartened for them. Uh, oh, boo-hoo, Meta. Uh, breaks my heart. Uh, Pico. <laughs> uh, I've seen Pico every single year that I've been to CES. Now, Pico is traditionally mm-hmm. an Eastern company, um, but they are very big in the virtual reality space over there. Um, they've focused their efforts in the West. So U S and Europe, mainly around enterprise augmented reality, uh, learning experiences or training experiences for, for employees, like, you know, putting on a headset and learning how to be a mechanic with BMW, where you can see the world around you and, and get instructions in real time in 3d space. Um, so that's primarily where they've been focused here. They do have a thriving consumer uh, wing that pretty much services the Eastern markets, China, Russia, etc. cetera. Um, well, their Pico 4, the, the Pico Neo 4, uh, may be coming to the U.S. as it has a new FCC filing. Uh, and uh, if it's... Anywhere as competent as the Neo 3, or no, the Neo 2, I think is what I saw at CES 2020 um, when we were there, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this could be pretty interesting. Uh, it had inside-out tracking, six degrees of freedom on every single device. Uh, it had tons of hours of battery life and was all self-contained with an Android-powered unit, very similar to the the oculus quest 2 mm-hmm, yeah and at a very similar price point it was i think 399 um so given that a new headset has seen fcc filings and is potentially aiming at a u.s launch and given that oculus just raised their their headset prices by a hundred dollars yes. <laughs> and went here's beat saber uh yeah. <laughs> I thought they had Beat Saber before, didn't they? They already had Beat Saber, but now you get Beat Saber for free uh, when oh, you buy a okay, Quest. Yeah, yeah. You don't get all the DLC. No, no, no. You get the $10 Beat oh, of Saber. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. $10 Beat Saber for your extra $100 of mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. extra hardware. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the 120 gig Oculus Quest 2 is now $400 uh, in the US, Three hundred really? or $630 in Australia. Um, up, up from its $299 uh, base price. And actually, I bought mine for, I think, $260 brand new. Uh, yeah, I have, that's, and that's reasonable right there. Right. Yeah, and I have, yeah. I have two of them. Now, we do know that Meta, Facebook, was likely selling this headset for a loss uh, to, to enter the market and get everyone invested into the ecosystem and then make money off right. the ecosystem. This is very similar to console strategies like the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 that we've seen in the past, um, right. where you'll sell the headset for a loss, but make money on the back end with the service. Um, but the fact that they're raising the price up to $400 for the 128 gig unit, um, indicates they're not willing to take that loss anymore. Maybe the storefront hasn't been as successful for them as they would like. Maybe they're not seeing the returns on it that they would like. Um, who knows what the actual issue is. Uh, but we do know component costs have gone up because of these unprecedented times. Uh, <laughs> Everything's gone up, right? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
But uh, yeah, if uh, if Pico can deliver a a competitor that can run the same Android powered games, which the Android powered games are just APKs. All you have to have is the APIs to communicate with Pico's headset and and inside out tracking, right. uh, which is fairly standardized anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be a uh, a pretty big, you know, injection into the VR market. Uh, and again, when competition occurs between corporations, it's the users who win. So. Hopefully, the users win something out of this situation. I hope so. Well, you know, more products, better competition, brings yep. costs down. Yep. So, innovation so. goes up, costs come down. And like exactly. I said, users win. Yeah. Yeah, but it'd be good. I'd like to try one of those Picos. But do I use them? I absolutely use them. I oh, actually, yeah. I know he uses them. I, I played one for like 30 minutes this afternoon. I had, <laughs> I had nothing to do. And it's like, I'm going to jump into Beat Saber for a couple minutes. So, yeah, it, it's fun. Um, I'm probably going to play a little bit tomorrow because uh, uh, my vacation got rained out. And uh, like I said, we bought a tent trailer. And so uh, I brought the tent trailer home, got it all set up went over the things that we kind of need to address on it. I mean, it's it's a 1994, so it's it's up there in age a little bit. It needs a little nip and tuck you know, here and there. Tent trailers actually retain their value quite well. They actually. do. They, yeah. they are in high demand, yeah. They, they tank initially, and then they flatline. And so, yes. Um, yes. but I found one that already had a lot of the things done to it that I would have done to it anyway. And, mm-hmm. and so I didn't have to spend that extra thousand dollars in let's put in laminate floors and redo the cabinetry and, and things mm-hmm. like that. And so, um, I mean, it's still it's still dated. I want to update some of the hardware a little bit, but all the lights on the trailer have been redone with LEDs. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's got laminate flooring all, all over inside. The mattresses have been completely resurfaced and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and reupholstered. Um, the cabinets have been resurfaced and sanded and painted and, and, and whatnot. It's, it's in pretty good condition. Um, but there's some things that I need to add, like the trim work around the flooring never got finished. I want to finish that. You know, there's, uh, I want to put a fresh coat of, of, of paint on, on the inside of it, you know, kind of brighten it up a little bit. I yep. want to reseal the outside of it. And there is, there are a couple That's dents a and, a, and a crack in the bottom of it. <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to fix that up, but it has brand new tires. It's got, you know, the axles were recently serviced. It's got brand new brakes on it. Like what more do you want? Um, but yeah, so the family, uh, since we got rained out, I drove the trailer back down to the in-laws' house, and they're going to finish their vacation at the in-laws' house. And so we, we, uh, I, I went down this morning at eight o'clock and uh, got the tent trailer set up down there. And oh, uh, this afternoon, uh, the rest of the family went off, and they're going to spend uh, until Sunday down there. I'm going to go join them on Friday, and we're going to cook burgers around a campfire and everything else. But no rain. <laughs> That's right. So, oh, so your your wife and the girls and they're over I'll, just right I'll, over there. I, I, we need to like beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna say I just I just bought uh, my son this this. I'll, like I'll buzz inspir- the drone by your house again when I'm ready. There you go. <laughs> you get to have it a beer attached to it. It comes <laughs> over, just drops it when I'm in the backyard. Uh, gosh, when was that? Was that Fourth of July or or no Memorial Day? Uh, oh, it was Memorial Day. Yeah. Oh no, it was Fourth of July last year. That's right. Um. Uh, so I, I brought the drone out, uh, to my in-laws house, which is 
like three quarters of a mile from Steve's house, but it's all flat ground and, yeah. uh, and there's wetlands in between them. And, uh, so I took my drone and I flew it over the wetlands and I, and I buzzed Steve's house and was looking <laughs> in his windows. <laughs> I don't even think we were home. We you weren't home. I, I called you afterwards okay. and went, did yeah. you see something flying around? He goes, no, we're like two hours away. And I'm like, God oh, dang it. Freaked out your neighbors though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a tent trailer is another name for what we've always called pop-up camper. Now, I actually think pop-up camper and tent trailer are two different things. Right. But pop-up camper, pop-up is, a, camper pop-up is a solid one side. That, yeah, it's a solid size. They go up and it's kind of like, you know, got, like your A, a shape right there. Mm-hmm. But tent trailers, they fold out and they have canvas or they, I've seen hard, hard covered ones, but they, they, fold out like that right um so so this is a is a trailer that sits only about two and a half to three feet off the ground um and it cranks up on on four sides so the roof itself is a hard shell and cranks up and then it's a canvas sided tent essentially for your walls um and then mine has two beds that slide out on either side and so we've got two queen size beds that that fill the front and the back of the trailer and then the center of it is kind of a living space it's got a uh, a table and a little kitchenette and a stool and a couple other things. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, fairly inexpensive, fairly lightweight. In fact, uh, like I, I have my my Dodge Ram fifteen hundred, which is a four hundred mm-hmm. horsepower Hemi. It's like, yeah, I didn't even feel it towing that back from Portland. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. In, in fact, my gas mileage didn't suffer at all. <laughs> it didn't even know it was there. Um, I hooked it up to our, our Toyota Sienna, our minivan. The minivan towed that thing like an absolute champ. Um, yeah. like, like you could kind of feel it when braking, but it wasn't even like labored braking. Yeah. They're, they're fairly light. I think they're only like maybe a thousand pounds. Uh, our, ours like is 1450 drive. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well with it, uh, the, Toyota Sienna that we have is actually rated up to 3,500 pounds. It's the all wheel drive, uh, mm-hmm. uh, hybrid model. And, okay. and so, you know, it, it's got electric drive motors and, and it'll, it'll boogie when it wants mm-hmm. to. Um, but it didn't, it barely noticed it was there. So yeah. And, but yeah, we, we got the factory hitch installed on the, on the Toyota because eventually we, we've always wanted to buy a tent trailer getting rained yep. out in our vacation was just kind of the, like oh, the yeah. final impetus the, of like, that's the, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> You know that kind of actually happened pretty pretty similar to my family because when I was young, and this is this is a weird thing too because like you said, in Oregon during the summer months, July and August, we almost never see rain. We right. almost never see it. Uh, um, but we went camping. I remember this. Uh, you know, this is this is the way back. But we went camping down to Waldo Lake in Oregon. Yep, on the Fourth of July. On Fourth of July, and it snowed. It snowed. <laughs> we had to leave because it was snowing on the Fourth of July um, at Waldo Lake. Uh, and, you know what's and, funny? And that, was, and that was we were just we were just you know tent campers at that point as a yeah. family. Yeah. And then as soon as we got back, I think the next year before we went camping, my parents bought a tent trailer. Yeah. And we just <laughs> they were tent trailers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what year was that? Oh gosh. Because I, was... I went camping. At Waldo Lake, and it snowed sometime in like mid June, late June, something like that. Maybe. I mean, it is higher elevation. I get it. It is. But I mean, but still, it's like it's very late season. Right. Very late um, season. Yeah. It snowed enough where we went to um, 
Ah, uh, gosh, what is that? Uh, Willamette, uh, Willamette Pass, mm-hmm. and the lifts weren't running, but but they had the they had the the lodge open, and mm-hmm. said, yeah, if you want to walk to the top of the hill, you're more than welcome to to go. So we took snowboards and and snowboarded in snowboard. like June twentieth. <laughs> I was gonna. Year. I want. I want to say. Cause I, I want to say because it was. It was either late 80s or early 90s i can't remember exactly okay this this would have been this would have been like 2000 maybe 99 okay so, okay no this, so is, later. this is yeah 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 because yeah after we got the tent trailer we went and did uh, as a family we did a big long vacation tour of the southwest mm-hmm. we went to like you know bryce canyon zion canyon mm-hmm. um the grand canyon stuff like that uh through Arizona, that was a lot of fun. We and we took that tent trailer the whole way. Nice. And us kids, we would uh, gotta set that thing up. As soon as we park in, boy, we had that down packed. The tent trailer was up within like you know ten minutes. Yep. Yeah. No, I I set up the whole thing by myself for the first time in about fifteen minutes this morning. Um, yeah. And and it's like from from backing the trailer in to unhitching to. Mm-hmm you know, we're ready to like make beds and start cooking. It was right. 15 minutes. Yeah. Well, this, this was, this was like an old, cause like when my parents bought it, this was a, a used one. And I think this was like, uh, cause like you bought yours, this was in the nineties, right? Right. Your, yours is a nineties. This one that my parents bought. Cause well, mine, mine was, was new in the story you're telling. Yeah. 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 This one, this one was not new. This was, uh, the tincture they bought was used. And I think it was a, a late 60s early 70s model or something like that mm-hmm. where uh the canvas had to be snapped there was like snap buttons all yeah. along the side that you know snap 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 uh, so when mine, you take it out mine has a track that the canvas installs into bottom and top um mm-hmm. and then there's little thumb tabs uh to kind of hold it in place mm-hmm. uh and then uh around the beds so that again the beds push out on either end right um, there's elastic holding the canvas to the bottom, but then you take the elastic straps and you stretch it out onto hooks that are underneath the bed frame. Um, okay. and, uh, and so that's what keeps the, the walls taut to the, to the beds. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But built in trailer jacks. Uh, so leveling is, is done in Easy. like a minute or two minutes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's got all four feet on it. Um, super easy to use uh super easy to tow um but uh like i said a little bit of refurbishment that i need to do but mm-hmm. i got it at a great price in fact i i uh like i said the impetus for us getting the tent trailer uh was i'm sitting in my truck in the pouring rain on monday morning at like nine o'clock in the morning and i'm on craigslist and going i'm done with this. <laughs> uh, and uh and i found fa- i found it and I looked at the pictures and I went, he's asking a good price. He's got the things done to it that I would want to do to it. I emailed him and I said, your price is great. I don't even want to negotiate. Can I pick it up tomorrow? Because I knew we were driving home on Monday. And he mm-hmm. goes, no, tomorrow doesn't work. I have to be back in the office. Can you meet me tonight? It's like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> um, so I got there and and we went through and he you know, told me how to lift everything up and put everything back down. Um, and uh, he goes, you know, I, I have a feeling I listed this a little bit 
low, low because I I I took you up on your offer, but since then I've gotten like twelve other calls that said pretty much the same thing. I'm not gonna go not gonna negotiate. negotiate. I'll, just, I, I'll just take it. Yeah. No, they, they are quite a hot commodity actually. Yeah, because yeah. like my parents had recently bought one because they, they loved that 10 trailer that we bought a yeah. long time ago, but it's, it was old and I think they I think they sold it because you know we grew up and they like they stopped camping, but now they're doing camping more now that my parents are retired. Yeah. My dad likes photography, so they like going camping so he could have an excuse to take pictures, right? And so they they went and got another uh, tent tent trailer because uh, they liked that one so much. Yep. All right, we do have the two title stories to get to. Uh, yes. Starting with. Uh, now, when I say cars as a service, we've Ugh. been we've been trumpeting this for pretty much as long as Talking Heads has existed. This is episode two hundred and forty six. Now we've yeah. talked about both right to repair, yes, and subscription based hardware on this channel to no end, um, and these two issues are what we've been talking about and what we've been saying is going to be a problem in the automotive industry. Um, we'll start with Tesla because, well, Tesla being Tesla and Tesla not wanting to conform to the standard rules and wanting to maintain ownership of the car or control of the car even after the sale and even upon resale of the car. Mm -hmm. um, it brought up an interesting situation. So, Tesla reportedly disabled 80 miles of range from a 2013 Model S and demanded $4,500 to reactivate that range and only backtracked when the internet thought that was BS. Because it is BS. Because <laughs> it is BS. Yeah, it's um, absolute BS. So, what if... What if Steve, you bought a 2005 Corvette and Chevy contacted you later on and said, sorry, we're only going to fire six out of the eight cylinders unless you give us an additional $4,500. Right, and you right. say, where were you at in this transaction? You yeah. sold this car 15 years ago. I know. That was what you said. This is what I agreed upon when I bought it. And right. now you're changing your tune? No, no. Right. That's, that is BS. So this is a very interesting situation. So Tesla sold a car uh, in 2013. It was a Model S uh, Model 60, which was the 60 watt hour battery, um, which had a purported range of what, 230 miles or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, well, uh, you could swap that battery out with the 90 kilowatt hour battery. Uh, and actually that was done to this car and it was done under Tesla warranty. Tesla themselves said it was okay. Took out the 60 kilowatt hour battery, installed the 90 kilowatt hour battery, and no problems have ever occurred over three separate owners of this car. So this car was bought originally, upgraded at some point by Tesla themselves, and then resold. Um, and so this third owner, uh, Jason Hughes, um, purchased the car and went in for a service uh, to his infotainment unit because he was going to lose internet access because of the decommissioning of 3G. Uh, so 3G networks were no longer a thing. He yep. had to get update, updated to LTE. Um, so he took the car in, had the service done, took the car home, 
everything was fine. Until he received an email a couple of days later that said, oh, by the way, we uh, corrected a configuration mistake in your car. Uh which is they disabled 30 kilowatt hours of his battery. <laughs> they they reset it to recognize as only having the Model S60, not having the Model S90's battery. Battery, yeah. So imagine owning hardware that you legally purchased from a third party, Tesla not involved in any way, shape, or form, nope. taking it in for service and Tesla going, oh, you have a bigger battery? Sorry, you didn't pay for that. Yeah, no, that's horseshit. That's that's not great stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, so that $4,500 was 80 miles of range. That takes it from 230 to 310 miles of range. And again, if I were shopping for a used Tesla, having a Tesla Model S with an upgraded battery pack is definitely something I that's would look bonus. at. That's a bonus, yeah, of course. Especially if it was replaced in the last, you know, three, four years or so. You get mm -hmm. a, a much fresher battery on a 2013 yeah. Tesla. Mm -hmm. um, and you get a decent amount of range and the extra power and range that comes with that. Um, so, uh, sorry, Jason was actually the tech at one of the, uh, at a dealership. Um, and, and brought this issue to light on Twitter. Uh, so I have a, cu a customer who's the third over owner of a Model S 60. Um, and it was at some point upgraded to a 90 and effectively made a 90 by Tesla. And then years later, they decided to dial it back. Tesla says, nope, yoink. And again, are you actually the owner of your vehicle if you don't get to make decisions over the hardware that you own? Right. We say this about cell phones. We say this about PCs. We say this about laptops. We say this, this is, about refrigerators. This is the thing that's getting really, really tempting to a lot of people see these making income by services. service, Re Recurring income through X, service. X, X by service, doing whatever you want by service. And they're like, well, how can we do that with cars? How can we do mm -hmm. that with a refrigerator? How can we do this? It's like, oh, do you want to continue having ice? Pay us $5 a month and we'll keep your Internet of Things producing ice. You know, that type of right. thing. Uh, speaking of ice, how about heat? Heat, uh, yeah. BMW is center in this discussion this week as oh, well. Yes. As they are uh, charging a subscription service to yes. activate a relay. Yes. That's all this is. That's all uh, it is. When, when, you, when you press a button or flip a switch inside of a car, all that does is send 12 volts of power somewhere. Right. Uh, being able to flip that relay apparently relies on a subscription service now if you are a BMW owner and you have heated seats installed. From now on, with certain BMWs as of 2020... Um, the vehicle will come with heated seats, but you will have to pay to use those heated seats on a monthly right. basis, regardless of whether you're the first owner or the fifth owner. You have to pay BMW to use hardware mm -hmm. that you legally already purchased. Um, this is the Cisco and Aruba model of doing things. Yes. Of, of we're going to sell you the hardware and then sell you the license to be able to use your hardware with the controller that we also sold you. Yeah. Um, 
And it's something that I have preached against and actually spent probably a decade of my career ripping out of deployments from companies that couldn't afford it, where yeah. they were sold certain hardware and told that, well, no one's ever been fired for buying Cisco before. And lo and behold, they couldn't afford to buy Cisco because, <laughs> yeah, you can the afford service. the... Yeah, you can afford the initial investment, but not one third of that cost literally every year to to do nothing but run the hardware you already bought. Yeah. So, yes, I am a vehement believer in if you own the hardware, if you are physically in possession and not leasing, not not renting, not whatever else the hardware, right. you own the hardware and should be able to flip whatever switch you want. There should never be a software limitation. There should never be a license. There should never be anything that prevents you from using the hardware you used uh, or that you purchased. In this case, BMW is selling you a heated seat, which is nothing but an in, but a a uh, resistive heater. Yeah, it is a resistive inductive heater, which is basically a controlled short, short circuit where you put 12 volts into a coil and it heats up. Uh, and, uh, and, and a temperature probe that says, whoa, whoa, that's enough. Back it off. Yeah. That's all a heated seat is. It's coils that are short circuiting across your back. It's technology that's literally been around for 130 years. Um, and, uh, they want to charge you $18 per month or $180 a year to literally activate the relay that sends 12 volts to your seat. Absolute crap. If, 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 if this was a service that provided commodity advantages to the end user, if this was a streaming service uh, platform, if this was mobile internet, if this was a service that the user benefited from continual like, updates from the manufacturer, like like OnStar or something OnStar like On, people yes that type of stuff that OnStar LTE LTE mobile broadband mobile Wi-Fi in your car if yeah. this was infotainment updates if this was map updates like like hell I'm even pulling you know pulling straws here as far yeah. as like that makes reaching. that makes more sense and that's that's more acceptable that's a service yeah that's a service that does make sense to potentially pay for. Right, yeah. That's another conversation. This is literally the ability to activate a hardware relay in your car to provide heat to your back. They're not constantly monitoring it. They're not, they don't yeah. have probes that adjust the seat, the heated seat to your body temperature and your preferred liking. It's right. on or off, God damn it. Yeah, it's not hard. It's like, it's like, okay, like, uh, I kind of stopped uh, really playing on consoles once they started charging for online, but I I understand that because you know uh, for them because because a lot of times especially with the Xbox there was a service the Xbox Live and okay probably what they charge is not really indicative to what the service provides but right. you do get a lot of free games and stuff like that are you know. They're not free technically because you are paying for them, but you get, you know, each month you get new games. So yeah. I get it. People want to do that. What they're doing here with the heated seat is like, okay, if you don't have Xbox Live, then the rumble in your controller won't work. You know, that type of thing. It's like, well, the hardware is there and it's just like you said, an on and off switch. 
you have to pay for that. And that's, that is ridiculous where I can see, like you said, there's an actual service to what the additional cost is. This is not that this is something that people providing cars for free all for, for a long time. My, and all of a you just like, I want to charge for my that? No. 2004 Nissan 350Z Roadster mm-hmm. has dual heated seats. Yeah. No internet service required. No subscription nope. service. It's a relay that clicks on or clicks off. Yeah. That's it. It's it's, a, it's an artificial servicing that they're putting onto it. Yep. Just to make more money. Right. And again, there are services they could probably provide that yep. would legitimize a subscription service. Hardware is never a legitimate use of requiring subscription service to hardware you have sold to an end user. You know, if BMW, if car manufacturers really wanted to make a buck, you know, because everything is, you know, if it's connected and there's chips monitoring everything, they say, hey, you know, an extra service, we will monitor your car and we will make sure it's fine-tuned the whole time. And if it's not, we will let you know. If something's going on with your car that we notice because of, of, of the uh, sensors, we will let you know. That's a service. Yeah. They can charge for that. And some people will buy for that. This is not a service. (laughs) This is literally blocking stuff. Right. This is blocking what you paid for. Exactly. Uh, The worst services that I've ever paid for are services that are free for their basic use. And and what I mean by that, um, I mean they provide it for free up to a certain point. Or they Mm. put arbitrary hard caps as their entire business model. Um, Mileage trackers for phones. Uh, mm-hmm. because I, I'm someone who needs to track my mileage for tax purposes, for, for vehicle yeah. use and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I've had to do that for years and years and years. Uh, mm-hmm. Going back to like 2006, I think I've, I've turned in mileage forms every year. Um, but uh, there are apps that will automatically track your mileage. Most of the apps will only track it for free for the first 10 miles, even though the service is running locally on my phone. There's no internet connection required there's no service being provided by the company it's just yeah give us twelve dollars a month and we'll let you do this no it either it's either the software that runs locally on my phone that i will pay a license for and i'm happy to pay a license for it if you want to charge me sixty dollars i'll do that but i'm not going to give you twelve dollars a goddamn month to do absolutely nothing else yeah yeah there's no there's no maintenance for them it's not a complicated application I have have no problem. You're just pinging the GPS every second. Meanwhile, I have no problem paying Adobe $60 a month for a license because Adobe continually updates their products. Every single month, they do bug fixes, they add new features, they integrate new services. Um, Sure, there's some things that frustrate me about that in particular, but... That's a legitimate subscription service where it is an ongoing yeah. transaction between you and the service provider. There's some there's some real world benefits to that service. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, because like a lot of times with software uh, software service agreements, it's like yes, uh, as long as you pay this, we will help you fix any problems that you have with the software. Yeah, that's a, that's a benefit, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, to to. So like you said, something that's already on there to charge you monthly for something like that, that's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. Um, now, really interesting. Uh, Sean says, this does open up the market for tuner companies like Cobb, APR, Ultratronic, uh, 
uh, or Unitron, excuse me, uh, J JWT, uh, to turn those features on for a much more reasonable fee and remove the subscription component. It's funny you should mention that. That's um, right, because that's what's there. <laughs> right. Uh, so BMW owners are hacking their ECUs to re-enable heated seats sans subscription. That's right. <laughs> if this well, is a software block only, guess what? The hardware already exists. When, when I first heard this story, which I think we covered it uh, almost like a month ago, maybe. Yeah. A couple, couple of weeks. But when I first heard it, I'm like, they're gonna find, they're gonna find a hack for this. Yeah, there's no doubt they're gonna find a hack for this, and people are just gonna go around it. It's, it's, it was dumb for BMW to do this. Yep. Uh, people are gonna be this is BS, and someone will just pay somebody to to hack it. Yep. Just, yep. just like they do with like, uh, you know, the console hacks where the people they would they would send their console in to get rewired so they can play pirated stuff. Yep. Same thing. Yep. They're, yep. they're except they're pirating something they already paid for. Yeah, no, reprogramming <laughs> ECUs and 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 body control units that has been a thing for decades at this point. Yeah. Uh, and so locking literally a relay flip uh, down in software in the ECU is as simple as someone getting in there and going, "Oh, the CAN bus says zero. I'm going to set one. Okay, good to go." Yeah, yep, yep. I've done that many times with like. Uh, uh, you can go in and do binary hacks on on certain executables and just be like, oh, okay, this is where they do the check. There it is, zero to one. Zip. Because that's, yep. that's all it is. <laughs> it's not that hard because it's usually a true or false thing, which right. is one or a zero. And a yeah, e either authentication was either, successful either. or authentication wasn't successful. Am I, and if am you I can tell the program, if you can tell the program, yes, the authentication was successful, even if it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Still it, return it a care. one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. There you go. Um, so yeah, uh, people are already hacking this even as early in this process as they are. Um, so if you are a car maker, not that any car maker watches my show. If you are a car maker, shame on you. This is crap. I called it crap five years ago when I started this show and I'm going to continue calling it crap as long as this crap happens. I'm tired of this kind of thing. I am mm -hmm. tired of give us money for absolutely no reason. Either we bought the heated seats or we didn't buy the heated seats. If you include the heated seats, I am within my right to use those heated seats. Doesn't matter a license agreement. It doesn't matter a terms of service because I bought the hardware. If the hardware belongs to me. It is mine to do with what I want. Right. End exactly. of discussion. Exactly. That's the way it should be. Uh, Tech Geek with another super chat. Yes. Ten, Tech Geek sending over 10 bucks. Thank you very much. Goes towards another beer. Uh, remember, the motorcycle jacket with the airbags in it would open if you flipped over the handlebars. If you stopped paying the subscription, the airbags just didn't deploy. Which, <laughs> that's... That's the worst thing ever. That's just that's just waiting to be sued. The check stuff. the check bounced. Sorry, you couldn't. So, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Michael also brings up a great point. And if I own the hardware, I should be able to sell it to the next person who can then yep. use the same features. Yes, exactly. They should be able to. Because you're putting it as a selling point. If you sell a car, you say it's got heated seats in it. You can't put. You don't put a stipulation. You can have heated seats if you pay me an extra ten it, bucks a it, month. It's, it's not even. It's not even that abstract of a concept. 
um, the original manufacturer of a product does not maintain any interests in that product once a transaction has taken place. Yes. If I buy a car, regardless of if I'm financing or if I walk in and pay cash, mm -hmm. the the dealership already bought the car from the manufacturer. The manufacturer releases all rights to it once it hits the dealership outside of dealership contracts. Once it leaves the dealership and I have agreed to the deal with the dealership to a is yours. to a transaction yeah. where my finance company provides a check and the title gets sent to my bank or I pay outright in cash and I walk home with the title the manufacturer has no right over what happens with their hardware. Right. I could take home a Tesla and swap in an LS V8. I could take home a Corvette and and do a Tesla swap on it. They have no say over what happens with any of that hardware. Because, because it's your it, hardware Because now. it's, it's my hardware now. now. Yeah. Okay? So do you see how ridiculous heated seats as a subscription service is when BMW sold a dealership the hardware that included the heated seats, which was then sold third party from the dealership to an individual who then drives the car home and says, huh, I want to turn on the seat heater. Oh, sorry, BMW says I can't. Well, tell you what, I'm going to pay it off. I'm going to make sure that I can run heated seats as long as I want. But then when the car goes back for sale, BMW goes, oh, you have to pay for the heated seats again to the next to the second buyer. No, BMW has no remaining financial interest yep. in that vehicle at yep. all. Any of the hardware is null and void to them. And it goes for Apple, and it goes for Tesla, and it goes for Razor, and it goes for all of the companies who abuse this kind of bullshit. Just nope, because you it. make a product doesn't mean yep. you get to control the fate of that product. No, like I said, the temptation to make something a service and just milk money off of it is just too great for these people. Oh, damn, I haven't upgraded the rent button yet. Ah, rent button. <laughs> Still I'll, fix good, it. I'll fix that it. That was good, though. That was good, though. Yeah. Do you have a say when you buy a game from Steam? No, because kind of. Kind, kind of. of. Actually, actually, Steam still has the feature where you can back up your 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 games. Yes. Now there are certain games where it won't make a difference because there's a service connected to it. Right. Uh, but but that's usually outside of Valve's control. Right. Yes. Um, but 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 Steam does have a feature where you could you can take uh, and and you can have a. Um, I don't know if it, because I've never actually really tried it. I have. I have, actually. Um, have you really? You, you can, from Steam's uh, service, download a backup copy in uh, executable and installer and copy those to DVD or copy those to long-term storage. Yeah. Um, and they will copy directly off of Steam servers to whatever reusable media that you happen to have. And you can keep a long-term installation copy, assuming that Steam goes down and goes offline. You mm -hmm. will have the original install files. That is a mm -hmm. legitimate service that Steam offers because they understand that once they sell you a license, you have rights to that license. Yeah. And Steam isn't even a service. They're free. I mean, they offer that for free. <laughs> they, they make their money elsewhere. Uh, I mean, for the stuff that they offer you, uh, it's amazing that they don't charge at all. Right. Because uh, they have, you know, not only do they have discussion boards associated with the game and workshops and the ability for you to uh, have microtransactions for, for items within the game built into Steam itself. Uh, 
Steam is still not charging the consumer. They're charging, I mean, they take a fraction of the cost that comes with using some of those transactions, and that's how they make their money. Yeah. I mean, they're they're literally making thousands of dollars off of like the the scheme from Superman 3. <laughs> where they just shave a penny off of every transaction and they, they make like a ton of money. Wait, I thought that was the, the plot from Hackers. No, Superman 3 was before all that. No, it wasn't I, Hackers. It was Office Space. Office Space. It was, it, it was all the, of them. Yeah, it was all of them. Ha- hackers but, was we shave one or two cents off each transaction, dump into yeah. an offshore account. Uh, office Space was we shave a penny off each. Superman 3 was, yeah. It's yeah. all the same thing. It's all the same thing. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're literally doing it, but it's 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 because it's their service it's yeah. not like someone's hacking it but yeah and so you know just based on that alone it's like that's that's fair i mean that honestly is fair because mm-hmm. you don't have to do those things you don't have to sell things through steam right uh you can buy things off of them and and then at that point i think they charge the developer a certain uh a certain percentage but um but you as the consumer you benefit from that so yeah. That's totally fine. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, uh, Paul brings up same with Amazon. Uh, any any license that you buy from a digital distribution company, whether it's Amazon or iTunes or Spotify or whoever yeah. else, you're buying a license to use it with their service. You're not buying yeah. a license to the product itself. Right. Um, and that's kind of the difference between Steam and good old games and, and a lot of these other services yeah. is uh, with Steam, if I buy, let's say, a copy of Doom 3, um, not only do I get to install it one click through Steam, but if I wanted to and I had in- install media or download the install media direct from Steam, Steam provides a CD key that you can play the executable with without launching Steam's DRM. Right. Depending on the title, depending, depending on, the, on the title, not on, all the titles, but on, yeah. on the publisher, et cetera, et cetera. But um, for a lot of titles, you get a dedicated CD key um, and you could technically, if you found other media, install it and use that CD key and validate your, your media. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you buy something from Spotify or iTunes or Amazon or whatever else, you're buying a license to use it within their service. Service, yeah. You're, you're buying a, I, yeah. I a never really license. liked. I never liked. I never really liked <laughs> iTunes for that reason because I I hated iTunes as a software. Correct. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to listen. I don't want to listen to music through your copy software. Um, one of the only things that I ever bought from iTunes was the Boise State against Oklahoma Fiesta Bowl recap because I wanted to replay it for a friend of mine every single mm. year on New Year's. Uh, <laughs> so it was a it was a is a spiteful. It was a revenge purchase. purchase. It, was a, it was a spiteful purchase. <laughs> um, so he's a giant Oklahoma fan. I'm I'm mm. a giant Oregon fan, and he mm. he is still miffed from the missed offside. Uh, kick call that cost Oklahoma a game. Gosh, what was that 2007, six? Oh my gosh, that's uh, a long time ago. Like yeah. he, he was still miffed about that for years after. And uh, so every year on New Year's, uh, I, I would uh, send him a link so he could watch that video <laughs> of Boise State absolutely embarrassing Oklahoma. 
Not the Oregon game. No, just the Boise State game. Just the Boise State game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fun. All right. Well, we we kind of we kind of took our own sweet time today, didn't we? We did. We did. Yeah. We still got we still got beer news and we only got like what five minutes left. We do. Uh, we could blaze through the beer news real quick. Uh, yeah. Let's let's see. We got uh, Maui Maui Brewing is set to acquire San Diego based Modern Times, which I do take as a little bit of a shock as who is buying them, but not that they are being bought. Um, yeah. So so Modern Times was in trouble, uh, mm-hmm. and and they're they were seeking a buyer. And I think we had this story uh, a couple weeks ago too. Mm-hmm. Where it was by Anaheim's Brewery X, which was really surprising because nobody had ever heard of them before. Right. They're just like, who's Brewery X? <laughs> We'd have no idea who they are. Chemical uh, X. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Made from something, sugar, something, spice, and everything nice. It's, it's something that turned the turtles into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something. I don't know. But uh, uh, no surprise. Uh, Brewery X couldn't really do it. They couldn't afford it, um, even though they're the winning bidder. They just couldn't come up with the funds. So uh, next, the next highest bidder was Maui Brewing Company. Now, Maui Brewing Company is a bigger player, and uh, I'm sure you some you you must have tried their beers because they're all over the place. Yeah, at least yeah, they're here. Yeah, and they're pretty good. They're not bad. Yeah. So um, I think I think they're the ones that are going to be acquiring uh, uh, Modern Times, which is good because I like Maui and I I like Modern Times. And I like to see them both thrive and distribute more beer. So that's all that is about that. Yeah. Uh, Goose Island announced their 2022 Bourbon County lineup featuring biscotti, figs, and tropical inspiration. Yeah, let's quickly go through the list here of uh, the Bourbon County Stouts uh, 2022. Uh, of course, we have the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout, which is just their standard 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 stuff. stout. You yeah. know what then it's about the, at this point. Yep. We got the coffee stout, which I think they do that every year too. Yep. The this new one is a biscotti scout. Stout. God, it's a scout. <laughs> biscotti biscotti stout. 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 Yeah. Uh and we have Look a Look at me correcting uh, enunciation. I know. Sir Isaac's stout. Mm-hmm. Uh which is which the black mission figs are in that. Ten thousand pounds of the figs to be specific. Yeah. Um, so there's very, very figgy. It's going to have your figgy pudding. Now, those are all fine and good. Mm-hmm. This is the label I want. That one right there? This one right here. I can't see what that one is. Uh, this is their green label. This is the 2022 green label. This is the Bourbon County two-year barley wine reserve. Oh, yes. Okay, I want that one too. <laughs> this this is an interesting <laughs> beer. Uh this was aged two years in uh, in barrels. Uh, it is the two-year barley wine reserve. Bring back, brings back an old favorite in an amazingly new way with barrels from legendary bourbon old fits. Specifically, the barley wine was aged 14, 16, and 17-year-old barrels used for Old Fitzgerald Bottled and Bond Decanter Series. Oh, <laughs> man. Ah, uh. <laughs> Okay, that sounds amazing. And and right behind IPAs, barley wine is my absolute favorite style of beer. Yeah, yeah. This is something I have to get my hands on. Yeah. Um, 
I'm so hoping John, I'm so, hoping they are re-expanding Bourbon County Stout to national availability. Um, yeah. This always comes out Black Friday, um, yeah. and so uh, basically call call your bottle shops now. Get your name on a list. Get some bottles reserved. Well, here's here's the here's the here's a little here's a little inside uh, scoop here. Mm-hmm. So John went and applied to be a reviewer for the whole 2020. Uh-huh. to bourbon county lineup and he's pretty uh he's pretty uh, bullish on the whole prospect because uh he's talked to some other uh, beer review youtubers who are smaller than his channel uh-huh. uh and they've gotten in so he's like okay i i probably can get in too so and what happens when they do it is they'll give you the entire lineup they like they just give you the entire lineup so um and since he usually picks me for when he does big big ones but with this it's going to be a whole lineup so i said hey let's get all the craft computing people out there to with their a whole lineup of all these big beers we got to get more than just two people i mean you you want to do a taster tray of of all of them (laughs) i mean they're 16 ounce bottles there's four of us that's four ounce tasters times five like i'm totally down for a video yeah we definitely have to do that. So I'm, I'm hoping he gets it, and I'm hoping that's a video in our future because I think it's going to be fun. The last time we did all four of us, that was great. That I, I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. We, we got to do that more often. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we got just a couple of minutes left. If anyone has uh, any questions, comments, things you want us to expand on, things you want us to shut up about, we are pretty much... Uh, <laughs> Open for the first couple of minutes, at least. Uh, Skull says the $220 for the full box, the full lineup on Black Friday. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to try to contact a couple local bottle shops and reserve a box. Hell, at each of them. I don't care if I get two copies. Um, yeah. As well as uh, Skull. Like, I, I know you're one of my contacts. <laughs> we should talk. Yeah. 220 uh, for the full the full lineup is is it seems steep but i, I kind of think it's worth it they're always good they're always good mm-hmm. although i'd probably drink them too fast that's what that's with me and whiskey like i'll get a nice bottle of whiskey and I'll me be and like, jen oh, jen and i have that so have that so good and then like it's gone in like two weeks yeah <laughs> yeah uh i was i was up late working last night and uh about eleven thirty, I still wasn't tired, and so I I went and sat on the couch and had had two or three fingers of gin, mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Nolitz London Dry is what I've been jamming on lately. Oh yeah, fantastic that's good stuff. bottle. Oh, it is. that is so good. Just sat there and <laughs> it was just tasty. sip some gin. Yeah, it was tasty. yeah. Jeff's telling Skull to hang ten. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's for a school it's for a school (laughs) yeah it's charity (laughs) I'm still holding on my Bourbon County cherry cola wow I don't remember Bourbon County doing a cherry cola that was like 2014 yeah that must have been a long time ago because I don't remember that I know they had like a bunch of weird flavors before, but I don't yeah. remember cherry cola. Let me see Bourbon County. Uh, cherry cola. Classic cola was 2021. Uh, 
Yeah, 2021 is the only result result I'm coming up with. Classic cola. I don't yeah, see cherry cola. I don't see cherry cola. You pulling my leg. Yeah. Uh, I try to fight the good fight from inside the auto OEMs, but I don't have much sway. Yeah, not a lot of people do, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but I do appreciate fighting the good fight. Like, we can only do what we can do. And, I mean, and in the position that I was in, which was both private and state, uh, I fought the good fight as long as I could on fronts that were both within my wheelhouse and well outside my wheelhouse. Um, uh, I won't say how I exited the company, but it was it was kind of one of these numbers walking out. Uh, because I'd kind of had it with the, with the company culture. And... I went, I don't care if I fail as a small business, it's a better prospect than staying here. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, how long after upending the bottle does it take for that cherry cola to come out? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, okay, it was last year, John is saying it. And it's the classic cola, not the cherry cola. Okay, okay. I do remember them talking about cola. I don't remember a cherry cola. Uh, have you guys heard of a distillery from Waco, Texas called Balcones? It's my favorite distillery in the U.S. I have not. I have not either. Uh, there's plenty of local distillers and stuff like that that don't distribute very far. I just yeah. looked them up, and I'm looking at the bottles, and they do not seem familiar to me. But they make yeah. a, a, hundred, a hundred proof rye, which I'm interested in. <laughs> I love a good bottled and bond rye. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, not heard of them. Uh, I, I do have a couple favorite local distilleries. Uh, there's Vivacity Distillery out of Corvallis, Oregon. Mm -hmm. They make an amazing lineup of gins. Like, mm -hmm. oh, so freaking good. Uh, the other is Big Bottom Distillery out of Hillsboro, Oregon. Oh, yeah, Big Bottom are great. They're so good. What's, um, what's that? What's that? Dis there's a distiller in, it's also in Salem. They used to be, well, Vagabond's gone, sadly. Yeah. But yeah, they're, yeah. They're next to the original Vagabond location. And they did a milk based vodka. That's right. Oh. They did a lactose based vodka, and it was amazingly tasty. It was super expensive because they had to come up with a proprietary strain of yeast mm -hmm. to get the lactose to ferment because yeah. lactose by default doesn't ferment. Right. So they had to they had to breed a, a certain type of yeast so the yeast would actually eat the lactose and create alcohol. Yeah. And they distilled that and it's got and it's a it's a vodka, but it's got a distinctly creamy, almost caramely taste to it. But it's a vodka and it's super delicious. Yeah. Um, th yeah, that's I one of my local favorites. I, I can't remember um, either, but I, I should go look it up. But, but yeah, no, they're big, in Salem. Big Bottom makes big some of the most too. amazing rise and gins that yes. you will ever get. Um, yes. They they have their their Navy Grog gin, which is freaking they're fantastic. So yes. Um, and they probably make my favorite readily available rye, which is their Delta Rye. It's a 111 mm. proof Delta Rye. God, that stuff is good. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally yeah. cannot say enough big, about big, big, big bottom, bottom. Their grog is is. It's good. You can drink that stuff straight, easy. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a it's a fifty two percent. Like it's a hundred. Yeah. It's, it's it's still a. It doesn't. It doesn't taste like it. I right. can drink that stuff straight, and no, it's like, it, oh, this is good. This is delicious. It, it's a hearty navy brew. <laughs> it is. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, they call it grog for a reason because you you drink this as like, yeah, I can see pirates drinking this. That's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've got a number of different gins though that that are just fantastic. But the, their navy gin is always what comes their, to my yeah, mind. Yeah, their navy their yeah. navy strength gin is very good too. Yeah. Uh, three minutes left. Anyone? Uh, anyone else got any good of the order? Uh, would you go so far as to say transcendental? Guarding rot. I'm confused. I, a transcendental. No, I don't know. My favorite distillery, transcendent. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what you're saying there. <laughs> Sorry. Is there a distillery called Transcendent? <laughs> I have Probably. no idea. Uh, two minutes. Two minutes. What do you guys got? That founders went down well. It always does. I always like a good founders. Like I said, I had a uh, uh, founders all day IPA right before the show. Uh, had that for dinner with my uh, little deli sandwich. How much do I know about Windows Server Cals? Oh boy. Uh, what do you want to know? Uh, I, I did Microsoft licensing for the better part of a decade, involved in multiple different organizations, different structures, different everything else. Um, long story short, you can license Microsoft servers based on a per user, and your per user is a full-time employee or or if you're an education or uh, higher ed uh, deployment, you do it per individual plus FTE. So it would be every student plus every full-time employee that you have. Um, or you can do it by device, which is by every device that would ever connect to that particular server, server that's running a particular service. So if I wanted to run a Windows deployment server, um, that's actually fairly simple because I'm only ever running concurrently like five devices at a time. So if I buy five device cals, that would cover my deployment workbench where I'm only ever I'm only ever running five deployment devices at the same time. If I'm running a DHCP server, you probably need one license for every man, woman, child, and device that's on your premises at any given time. Um, and so you need one for everyone for as long as the lease lasts. Um, same for Active Directory, uh, same for, uh, you know, NDS services and, 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 you know, Kerberos services and, and things like that. Um, it's why the larger your organization grows, the less it tends to depend on Microsoft because there's so many open source alternatives or Linux alternatives that can run a lot of the same services. See DHCP, DNS, router-based services, uh, web hosting, etc. that you don't have to pay per connection. Microsoft essentially expects an organization to pay per connection, whether it is per device or per user that is being serviced. And you have to expand that if you're running a VM server, for example, um, just because you can run Windows Data Center uh, for free, as many instances of Data Center for free under the main Hyper-V server that you have, doesn't mean you don't have to pay for CALs to attach services to that server. So if you run 
a Windows server that runs nothing but DHCP, you need to run user or device CALs on that server for every client that connects to your DHCP server. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, good luck. Good got, luck. Got a, got a lot of miles out of that question. The, the, the more you you start reading about CALs and how much Microsoft licensing costs, the more you will start trying to learn Linux. <laughs> True story. Yep. Uh, uh, Discord is the place to get a hold of Jeff or about those things. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely is. Uh, can a backpack be worth $250? Uh, I don't think you'll ever see one of those at notltc.store. Uh, but thanks for asking. Anyway, yeah, uh, if you want to talk directly with me, ask me questions directly or have questions for any of the hosts or for my community at large, which there's a lot of us who know even a lot more than I do, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. The bonus is you'll get to join yeah. the exclusive Discord server where you can chat directly with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads. Mm -hmm and talk to the community at large that hangs out over there. It is an awesome group of people. I am more than proud to call it my own. Uh, not only that, but uh, they know a thing or two over there as well. Yeah. Uh, you can ask me questions about Cloud Gaming Server. You can get into technical details, whereas if you ask me in chat, I probably will just give you some generic answers and then kind of move on. So uh, if you want some one-on-one some -on -one time, I don't do consulting. Join the Patreon. That's where it's at. Yep. And it's, I mean, even even today, I think we were helping somebody troubleshoot something. Yeah. In the in just the main chat. It wasn't even in through like one of the hardware sub subreddit or sub sub discussions. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 help our own. Yes. As as best we can. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a great community to be involved with. There's about five hundred or no, there sorry, there's 700 people on the Discord, I think 500 in Patreon. Uh, so yeah, it is a fantastic place to join. Very tight-knit community, but uh, very welcoming, very open to new people, and, and lots of great discussions happen there every single day. Hands down, the most active Discord server I have ever been a part of, and I don't just say that because I made it. So... <laughs> it, just, it just happened to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's going to do yep. it for episode 246 here on Talking Heads. Join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time. I'm still stumbling over that because it's new. It's uh, new. Every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. As always, I'm Jeff. He's Steve. I'm Steve. Yep. And we'll catch you next week. That's right. See you guys later.